You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. Oh, it's a good day. It's a good day. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. We have some work to do. And I'm going to need some volunteers to kind of get through this. You're included in this, Ryan. Sorry. Matthew 1. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5 through 6. Let's pray before we jump into this. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. Father, I thank you that it is alive, that it is active, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, it's able to divide me to my core. And the thing that I think I am most thankful for is that it divides and separates the things that lead to death, and it separates those things off of me. It literally has the ability to cut those things out. And so, Father, we, <laughs> we just say, cut away, cut away. Father, today our, our ears are open because we are fully aware that your Holy Spirit is here. Our ears are open to hear you speak. Our hearts are receptive to receive what you say. And our knees are weak to, to, to bend and to be pliable when you say, change this, move this, walk this way. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, I want to deal with something that that's kind of been on my mind and I think all of us have experienced over the last two years, but I want to deal with it from a very different angle because I, I keep hearing this word coming up uh, more so than I wish I, I cared to. And it's the word isolation. It's the word isolation. And I want to deal with this word. I want to deal with what it means to be isolated, but not just dealing with it from the context of kind of what we've all experienced in the last two years to 18 months of the, the, the drawing back, the, the, the quarantining, the, 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 the house basically going to the homes and just being away. I want to talk about the word isolation from a biblical standpoint. And what I mean by that is, is there is a kingdom pattern for isolation. Let me just say that again. There is a kingdom pattern for isolation. And the thing that we're going to realize and the thing that I want us to see today is a couple of things. Number one, I want us to see the pattern that Jesus lays out that says, yes, there is a time for a follower of Christ to be isolated. And it is for a specific purpose. But, and the second thing that we're going to look at is the fact that everything that God does to produce life in us, the enemy will pervert it to bring death. And then the last thing I want to deal with, what is our response to those that we see in isolation? Because when we think of isolation, we think it's so self-focused. It's all about me and my experience and what I'm going through or what I'm dealing with. It's all here. But there is a mandate from the Bible. There is a mandate, a pattern of the kingdom that says, no, this is how we respond to those that are isolated, okay? 
So let's do this real quick. I want to just kind of lay the foundation of the fact that there is. And I know some of you are like, man, I don't want to talk about isolation. I want to talk about community. I'm sick of being isolated. Well, the good news is, 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 is we're going we're gonna to kind of pull back the veil, pull back the cover of what the enemy has tried to do. We're going to see the biblical pattern of what God wants to do and then how we respond to it. Is that fair? Okay. Well, let's take a look at this. So what do you mean, Pastor Chris? That there is a biblical pattern of isolation, meaning there's a kingdom pattern of what isolation looks like. Well, I'm glad that you asked that question. You can see this throughout the Gospels. You can see this in the pattern of Jesus, the one that we say that we follow after, right? Okay, (laughs) I was going to change the message completely. All right? So we say we follow after Christ, right? And what his purpose of him walking through earth, meaning, follow me on this, We always have to remember this. Because if his sole purpose was to just come, die, and get out of here, he could have accomplished that over a weekend. Right? He could have shown up, made some people mad. They would have put him on a cross. It's done. Stone rolls away. Boom. That's it. But the reality of it is we look at his life and we go, so why are we seeing, why were we privy to the fullness of his life, the fullness of his ministry? The reason is, is because he is showing this. This is the way. This is kingdom patterns. And so something, when we look at the pattern of Christ, is we notice something. If you have a keen eye, you notice something. You notice that there are moments after moments that Jesus draws back. That he draws back and he isolates himself away from the crowds, even away from the ones that he is leading kind of intimately. He draws back, and you're going to see this, and and, and I don't know if you guys have these on the screen, but there's a multitude of these. And let's just go through a couple of these, and then we'll see this pattern. We see this in Mark chapter 6. This is right before the, or it might have been right after the multiplication of the loaves. In Mark chapter 6, 45 and 46, it says this, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go ahead of him uh, to Bethesda. While he dismissed the crowd after leaving him, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Again, sometimes we just see this as a narrative of the story, but there is a pattern here. Jesus goes off and does what? I've, I've got to go pray. I've got to go be alone. I need to isolate myself and go be alone with the Father. You see this in Luke chapter 6, verse 12 through 13. This is right uh, before he chooses the 12 apostles. He says this, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. And when the morning came, he called his disciples to him, and and he chose 12 of them who he would designate as apostles. We see this pattern again. This is not just storytelling. Remember this. There are no words wasted. The Holy Spirit, if he didn't care that those words were in there and that pattern be in there, it wouldn't be there. So if it's there, it's important. You follow me on this? And so we're seeing this in Mark chapter 1, 35 through 37. Jesus prays in a solitary place very early in the morning. While it was still dark, Jesus got up and he left the house and he went off to a solitary place. Solitary, mean alone. I'm away. I'm, I'm getting unto myself where he prayed. We see this in, in, right before the transfiguration in Luke chapter 9, 28 through 32. Uh, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto the mountaintop to pray. Now you go, oh, wait a second. He brought these guys. Oh, don't worry. They fell asleep. Right? So he's on his own. So he's taking time while others are doing their thing. He separates himself away. 
Last one. I'm just, I'm just building a case here that I'm not making this pattern up here, right? Matthew chapter 26, we know this one. This is the, him going off and praying in the garden. He takes the guys with him. He says, listen, my heart's troubled. I need you to go with me. And he takes him. He says, could you stay watch with me? And then he goes off by himself and seeks the Father. Matthew chapter 26, 36 says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place, uh, to the garden, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Meaning I have to isolate myself to do what? To go be with the Father. I've got to go seek the Father. Now, now, follow me on this. Because this is kind of a big deal, and sometimes we miss this. Sometimes we miss the fact that, wait a second, isn't Jesus all God? Was he like half man and half God? No, he was fully God and fully man, and yet he showed us why. I mean, did he, he, did he really even need to go off and seek the Father if he was one with the Father? No, he's giving us this beautiful pattern of it is good. This is the way you should go. You go and you separate yourself to seek and to communicate and to interact with the Father. And so he's showing this on a daily basis. He's showing this in all of these movements through the, through the, uh, through the Gospels of him going, hey guys, i got to get away. You guys go ahead. I'm going to separate myself for a time. I'm going to go be by myself and I'm going to go and commune with the Father. I'm going to go talk to him. And if, and if Jesus, being fully God and fully man, needed to do it, well then how much more so do we? Okay? Now, let's see what Jesus says about this. I told you to go to Matthew where? Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5 and 6. Jesus now is going to set up. Remember when we walked through prayer and he said, this is how you should pray? Right? And he goes through the Our Father who's in heaven, right? We talked to, he says, This is the pattern, not just these words, but this is the pattern on what you should say. This is how you should walk through your prayer life, positioning yourself, worship, requesting, activate, all those things that we talked about. But then he also says, But this is what it looks like. Let me give you some practicals on, on this is what it should look like. And he says this, And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, when you pray, go to your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So not only do we have this pattern of we see Jesus' life, that of him separating himself from the crowds, from the groups, even from his intimate client, close inner circle. Not only that, when he gets into actually teaching about what prayer looks like, he speaks of it in the terms of isolation. Meaning he speaks of it in the terms of you need to separate yourself from this. You need to separate yourself from other people. And how many of you have heard, I mean, goodness gracious, this, this is something that, that, that we start talking about from, from, from children on, that it's good to have a time to be by yourself, to go, whether it's in the morning. And I love this. He says, go and isolate yourself. I mean, how many of you heard messages upon messages about, about having a quiet time? We even call it that, a quiet time, meaning not surrounded by others, not with any other focus going on, that I separate myself so I can be quiet 
and just interact with Him and the importance of that. You have heard this all of your Christian life, haven't you? Right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. What is cultivated in that? Meaning, what is received and what is the purpose of saying, I need to isolate myself? Because if God says, this is a pattern of a believer to isolate himself, to draw him away from, to, from the other people, oh, so what's the purpose or, or what's the thing that we receive there? Well, uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Because the enemy, knowing that the pattern of the believer should be to isolate himself for a moment, to go and commune to God, the enemy will attempt to pervert that and get you to isolate not unto God, but unto self. Are you following me on this? Because there are two different forms of isolation. There is kingdom isolation, which is where I draw myself away. I quiet myself. I go before God and I interact with the Father God and things are downloaded to me, things are cultivated in me, but then there is a worldly isolation which the enemy does and the enemy draws us away. The enemy gets people away from church. The, people, the enemy gets people out on their own and he says, okay, you bring over here and what's cultivated in those moments is not godly things, not kingdom stuff, but it is anxiousness and death and and sin, and shame, and all kinds of wickedness, because when we isolate unto self, which is the pattern of the enemy of the world, we are left to ourselves. Are you following me on this? And so the enemy right now, I believe wholeheartedly, has got so many people in, a, in an isolated scenario, and, and I, wanna, I want you to see this for me. So I, I need some volunteers just for a second. I need some volunteers. Ryan, can I, I borrow you for a moment? Can I get six people to come up here? Come on, just six people. Come on up here. Really? Come on, six people. I got one, two, three, four, five. She's not a volunteer. Crew. You, this doesn't work here. Is that six? No, no, no. I need plus one. Ryan's plus one. Ryan's my plus one. Come here, Ryan. He did the nose thing. That's not me. Okay, so I need three guys on this side of the stage. Jump up there. And I need three guys on this side of the stage. You can jump up there. So I want you to see this, okay? I, I want you to see what happens. I, I need you to see this in, a, in kind of a biblical context and what the enemy attempts to do here, okay? So we've got two groups. We've got two groups of guys here. On this side, right, and let, let, let's say this is the godly side right here. Sorry, guys. All right. Right? This is the godly side right here, right? And so he, being a follower of Christ, following the pattern of the, uh, of the kingdom, is going to do what Jesus did. He's going to silence himself. He's going to separate himself from a moment and get with Jesus, right? This is Jesus, right? Gets to be Jesus today, all right? And so he separates himself. Sorry about that, Megan. I apologize. You're going to have to hear it for that for the rest of the day. But he isolates himself, right? He isolates. He's making a conscious choice. I am separating myself from the group, not cutting myself off. I'm doing this for a purpose to have something cultivated in me, right? But here's what happens. And in fact, it says this in Proverbs. And I want you to go there because this is just, it's just good stuff. I love when the word teaches the word. In Proverbs, it says this. In Proverbs 18.1, it says this, that whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire and he breaks out against all sound judgment. 
Love that. So now we got this wicked man right here, right? Ow, ow. And now he isolates himself because maybe he finds himself in sin. Maybe something comes on him and he falls in something and he gets into some wickedness, right? As he's prone to do, right? And so what happens is, is because now he is taken over to his desires, his desires, not Christ's desires. He separates himself so that he can focus and isolate himself unto his own desires. Are you following me on this? He's with Christ. Something is being cultivated here. He's on his own, left himself into sin. Something over here is also being cultivated. Stay with me here just for one moment. Go to Galatians. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Here are the two things that are being cultivated. And this broken, self-centered, self-isolated, I don't need anybody, I'll do it on my own, right? This guy over here, this is what gets cultivated when the enemy perverts isolation. Oh, I'm so glad you asked this. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions and factions and envy, drunkenness and orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is what's being cultivated when we choose to isolate ourselves unto self. This is what gets cultivated. Because self, follow me on this, guys. This is the only thing self can cultivate. Self and flesh is just sin-based. It is broken. So when I get myself off by myself and separate myself from the church or separate myself from other believers and I just get unto myself, I guarantee you something is going to get sown into you. And it's going to lead to death. And the enemy goes, come on now, you're, and, and I've seen this happen so many times. I, I am, if I had, I would have a Ford Raptor if I had a dollar for every time I've seen this. It's a truck. It's a really nice truck. Sorry, sorry, okay, listen, you dream of what you dream of, I'll dream of what I dream of, okay? But I've seen this so many times that somebody in Christ falls in sin gets in an attitude, gets whatever, and something comes over them that what they say is, I've got to get away. i got to get away. And then shame sets in, which keeps them further away. And then, and then it's, and then like this weird, like self-righteousness, like I don't even need them. I, I can do this on my own. I can be out here on my own. And it's amazing how the enemy perverts this and goes, yeah, 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 just be by yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're messed up. You're filled with shame. Yeah, that's right. Just stay out here. Don't, don't go to church. Don't get, be around other believers. Just get further and further and further away and cultivate that death in you. See, the enemy does not play fair. The enemy does not play fair. Now you say, well, Pastor Chris, well, he's isolated himself too, right? Well, isn't he on his own? Isn't he a target of the enemy? Isn't he somebody that's out on his own? No, because what you think and when you look and say, oh, my gosh, that person has isolated themselves. No, it looks like they're alone, but they ain't alone because they've isolated themselves to be with Christ. Are you following me on this? So, so why is that a big deal? This is why this is a big deal. I'm glad you asked this. In 1 Peter, it says this. In 1 Peter chapter 5, it says this. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Do you know, have you ever watched National Geographic? 
Have you ever, and I love this, I, I, maybe it's just how I am. I, I, have you ever seen, like when packs, and it's actually the, the female lions, it's not like the big main lions that do all the hunting, it's, the, it's the, the women of the group, right? Have you ever seen them hunt? And it's amazing. You know what they don't do? They don't see a big pack of gazelles, like a big, and they don't just charge in and go, man, I hope something, I hope we get something. You know what they do? They go, where's the weak one? Where's the one off to themselves? Where's the one that's off by themselves, not paying attention, not attached to that which is protecting them? And the enemy, like a lion, like a lion, this is not by accident, says, I'm not going to attack, I can't attack this guy because he's not alone, right? We see that in Psalms, right, where, where we say, man, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, man, I'm not going to fear any evil, why? Because you are with me. I might feel alone, or I might have been isolated, I might be going through something, but I'm not alone. So if I'm not alone, the enemy, the lion, looks and goes, I can't attack that. I can't attack that. He's not alone. But this one, this one who's caught up in self and shame and disobedience and separated himself, oh, I just won't go to church on Sunday morning. Oh, Pastor Chris, is it a big deal? It's not about being in this building. It's about being around this community that you need. Did you hear what I just said? We separate ourselves. I mean, goodness, can we just be honest with us? Have you ever done this yourself? Come on, raise your hand and say, because this is not, this is common. This is a common experience. I have gotten into something, and instead of running back to the safety of the community, I let myself get away. And so the second I get away, the lion's just sitting there going, that one. I'll devour that one. I don't need these. I won't even worry about these. I'm going after that one. I'm going to go take that one down. And so we see this. We see this, this, this perversion of isolation. We see this, this perversion. And the reason I'm wanting you guys to see this, because there is possibility. You might even be around people, but mentally the enemy is isolating you. You know you can be around people and still be isolated? Because the enemy can go, I'm just going to keep you trapped up here. I'm going to get you alone in here. You might be around and smiling just because your dailies have to make you be around people and make you smile to somebody and make you interact in some form of a human way. The enemy can still isolate you up here and take you out up here. He goes, oh, that's fine. You can go be around people and shake people's hand all day. It's all right. I'm still going to devour you. Because you're on your own. And you say, well, well and, and the enemy just keeps pushing this guy away. Here's the beauty of this part. He might even go to Christ and say, Father, I have fallen, man, I have sinned. I'm broken. And he might interact with Jesus. And the thing that I love about Jesus, when you isolate yourself with him, he never pulls you further away from the group. In fact, he is always pointing us back. He's always saying, he, we always go and we get what we need from him, but Jesus is never going, yep, just stay out here on your own. He's like, no, no, get back in there. I designed that for your protection. Get, no, 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 I, I'm, glad, I, I re, I'm glad you received what you need. I'm glad you got your joy and your peace and all that, but you were called to be back in that community. You were called to be in the safety of that. You need to set up time to come get what you need in me and be isolated unto yourself because that's a biblical pattern and a pattern of the kingdom. But I'm always going to point you back there. I'm going to be honest with you. I have heard people say this, and it is a lie. I'm just going to call it out. I'm just going to call this thing out because I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired when I hear church 
people, believers, say things like, oh, no, no, you know, God's just kind of called me away from a church. I'm not really in a church anywhere, and it's fine. That is not biblical. It is not in the Bible. He never, ever takes his children and takes them away from the very thing that he's created and says, just dangle out here on your own, and you just stay out here by yourself. You are a target of the enemy. You're a target of the enemy. Now, I know, listen, I'm preaching to the choir right now because you're sitting in the building. And I'm not busting the chops of those that are not here right now. I'm just saying it is amazing to me, especially in this day and age, where believers have gotten to a place that they have grown comfortable being away from the body of Christ. That is not a biblical frame reference. That is not a biblical pattern. There is no way in the kingdom that that's a biblical pattern. In fact, that is the perversion of the enemy to get you alone to devour you. Do you hear what I just said? We need to be here, not for numbers' sake. Do you think I'm concerned about numbers? We need to be here because you need me and I need you. Because here's the thing, I might go and isolate myself with Jesus, and I might get even forgiveness for a sin, but guess what else I need? He might tell me, you know what, you need to go back and tell one of the men in the church what you are struggling with, so you've got somebody to walk in, and they can hold you accountable and walk you through this together. He never says, never, there's not one where in that word that says, no, 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 keep it quiet, that'll be just, nope, 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 nope. It's too heavy. No, he designed this thing for us to carry each other's burdens. And the second we stop doing this, we are buying into the beginning of the perversion of the enemy's isolation. Are you following me on this? Thank you, guys. You guys can sit down. I appreciate it. Now. Now. Is this helping anybody so far? Because I'm just, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm just sick of the lie. Man, I am. I'm just sick of, uh, uh, of I'm not sick of people. Please don't hear me. I, this is not an anger towards people. It's an anger of the enemy perverting and isolating people away from the body of Christ that he designed. He is never going to draw you away from that which he said, this is my plan. It doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. Now, now here's the thing. Because I, I, I showed you that, and I, I wanted to tell you that because I, I do want us to recognize in ourselves. That's kind of the self portion. I've got to find myself. Have I isolated? Have I allowed the enemy to isolate me and pervert what God wants to do? And what is being cultivated in me is death. Or am I following the pattern of Christ in my life and isolating myself unto him so I receive from him what I need so that I can go back into the community and be what Jesus wants me to be in there. Now, that's for us. But I want to leave us on this because I could just say, amen, let's go. But what is our response to seeing those in isolation? See, something's happened. Something has happened, and I don't know when it started. I really don't. It didn't start with COVID on any level. It actually started started a handful of years ago, really. I started kind of noticing it. We stopped. We used to reach out to people. 
when we didn't see them. We used to, when they wouldn't show up at church, when somebody wasn't at church, when we haven't seen faces, we, we, we would reach out to them. We'd get on the phone, we'd call, we'd go knock on the door. Hey, you okay? And I think what happened is, is I, I think that turned, is, is, is the enemy can pervert all things. It, it turns from the heart of good into reaching out. And then all of a sudden it turns into a self-righteousness of where were you, right? And we've all got the where were you at some point in our life. And we know what that makes us feel like right? And then what happens is, is then there just kind of became like an apathy where we just like, well, I'm here. I'm not really concerned. You know, I mean, I'm sure they're doing fine. And then we started doing this. I'm not going to reach out to them because I don't want to offend them for reaching out to them. I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm being nosy or pushy or anything like that. I, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that. I, I'll, just go, I'll just pray for them at a distance and hopefully they'll come back. That's what I'll do. Let me just tell you something. That is also the perversion on the reverse. When God, when the enemy can pervert us into going from the mindset, I am seeking that which is lost, I am going after that which is lost that might be isolated, and all of a sudden it's brought on, oh, you don't want to offend them, you don't want to hurt them, you don't want to make them mad, you don't want to seem like you're nosy. He perverts all those things, and then what we have is we have people that are just gone, and nobody's looking for them. Nobody's seeking them out because we don't want to offend them. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, folks. It is time to run the risk of offending people. It is time to run the risk of offending people. In fact, I'm going to tell you, as a part of Freedom Church, we are going to err on the side of you possibly being offended that we reached out to you and to check on you. And if that offends you, we'll run that risk. Because I would rather offend you like that than offend you of you thinking that I don't care about you. You follow me on this? It's time for the church to start running the risk of possibly offending people for the sake of souls. I love this. This is what it says in, in um, I just want you to see this in Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 24, says this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards the love of the uh, love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are, are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching man it, it, i mean we're, we're no different than any other generation that thinks that this is the time that jesus is coming back and i won't spend time talking about that but if we do feel like the day is coming then why are you worried about offending people for reaching out to them why are you concerned that they might be offended that you reached out and said, hey, how are you doing? You good? Man, I haven't seen your face in a bit. You're missed. You're needed. I love you. Is there anything you need? Can we get in front of you? Can we, can we love on you? And yet, instead of worrying about me offending you, I might have actually just saved somebody from the isolation that the enemy has trapped them in. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. It says this. It says, praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all tr our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Meaning, guys, if you have received comfort from Christ, your mandate 
is to comfort those. Meaning if you see somebody far off, if you see somebody in isolation, you don't have, your obligation is to not look the other way and hope they make it to church on Sunday. Your obligation is to go and comfort them. Your obligation is to seek them out, but I might offend them. Deal with it. I'd rather them be offended because we reached out and loved on them than them be offended that they think we, they just get in their mind. Because let me be honest with you. How many of you that have experienced that where you've isolated yourself from a community of believers that all of a sudden because you're under yourself, you start having those, they don't even care. They, they don't care about me. They, they don't care about me. Nobody asks about me. Nobody cares about me. They could care less if I'm there. I would rather offend you by reaching out to you than let you get into that offense which doesn't exist. Do you follow me on this? And the last thing in Ecclesiastes, I love this. It says this is that encouraging point of, uh, of what we are called to do. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. I love this. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But I pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. We've become a church that just looks to those in isolation in pity instead of being people that says, I'm going to go and stand with them and lift them up. In case I offend, in case it looks like I'm being nosy, I'll just, mm, man, I'll just pity them. No, we were called to be together. I was called to carry Eric's burdens and Eric carry my burdens. The crew was supposed to walk with Mitchell and Mitchell with crew. That's how it works. I'm supposed to walk with Don. I'm supposed to walk with Corey. I need them and they need me. This is how it's designed. And it's amazing how the enemy will pervert isolation. So we've got a mandate. I love this. If we truly have a pattern of following Christ, in Luke chapter 19, it just simply says this. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That is our pattern to follow after. I am not salvation. I am not salvation, but it is my job to seek and to see them saved, that which is lost. So instead of turning a blind eye, instead of turning an, an eye towards, oh, I'm, I, I, I'm worried that they might be offended. I'm worried that they might think I'm nosy. I'm worried that they, they think I'm just a busybody or self-righteous. No, I'm going to speak in love. I'm going to walk in love as a servant, and I'm going to reach out to those that I might see because it's obvious to us. We can see it. We see isolation. We know what it looks like because we've done it ourselves. Man, I'm not going to turn a blind eye to those people anymore. If the day is really approaching, it's time for us to risk offending. It's time for us to seek that which is lost. That's our mandate. That's our pattern. That's the kingdom that we, that's the kingdom pattern that we're called to follow after. And that will be the testimony of this house. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a preemptive strike here. I, I need you to hear me on this. If that is something that offends you, um, th I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to lay out what your next steps will be. Are you ready? If you are offended by people reaching out to you and saying, man, how are you doing? What's going on? And not just what's going on, where are you? But just what do you need? If you're offended by that, these will be your next steps because I know how the enemy works. Your next steps will be this. You will isolate yourself even more. You might even find yourself at another church. 
but you will go to a church where you can just sit and, and, and nobody knows you, you will not be engaged, and yet you will think that you are in the house of God, but you are still a target of the enemy. Do you hear what I said? This, that's what you're going to do. I'm just telling you, if you get offended by people loving on you, you will just remove yourself because you're like, I don't really like that. I want to say to myself, you'll get into the desires, like, like Proverbs said, you'll get into the desires of yourself, and you'll go, I'll just go to another church, as if that's the ticket. He just called me to sit in a building, not be connected with people, just sit in a building. I'll just go sit in a building as if I'm covered. No, you're just a target now in somebody else's house and they don't even know you. Hear what I just said. So I'm trying to give us a Holy Spirit preemptive strike that you don't have to walk this way. This is one of those things where it's like looking at your children and going, that stove's hot, don't touch it. You don't need to learn that it's hot by touching it. Sometimes we can just go, I'm not gonna walk that way. The Holy Spirit is so good that he gives us this preemptive like strike of, I don't have to walk that way. I don't have to walk that way. Boy, I hope you've heard me today. Uh, And listen to me. I am challenging us from the front row to the back row. I am challenging because you are connected with people and you see things that I don't see. I don't want you to expect that I'm just going to start going through phone numbers on every Sunday going, who wasn't there, who wasn't there, who wasn't there, who wasn't there. I'm just going to call, call, call. Where were you? We're, I'm not, that's not what we're, we're not setting up a systematic thing like that. But what we are choosing to do as a family is saying, I'm not going to turn a blind eye to it. I'm going to walk in love and follow this mandate. And that's going to take Corey. That's going to take Sonia. That's going to take Eric. That's going to take Kathy. That's going to take everybody in this room doing that so that we can make sure because we care about souls. Do you hear what I just said? It's a big ask. And it's sometimes easy to be on the side of the one going and seeking but because you, you might be out there one day going, uh, I kind of isolated myself. Be thankful that you have a house that cares about you. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you that revelation has come today. Father, I thank you that we can see ourselves if we have allowed the enemy to pervert the isolation that you have set up. Father, if we have got trapped in our minds, let us repent and run back to the community. Let us get back into the pattern of seeking you on a daily basis in a quiet way and receiving what we need. But Father, as a testimony of this church, this house will be people that will not turn a blind eye to the lost. We will see those that are isolated themselves, and we will seek not in self-righteousness, but in love. We will send love because the comfort we received is the comfort we're supposed to show. Father, let it be so. Mature us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.